0: Good morning, church. Does anybody agree with me that Jesus is for you? He is for you, not against you. Maybe you just need to hear that this morning. Maybe you just need to embrace that today, that Jesus loves you, he's crazy about you, and he's for you. And so uh, I just want to say I'm so glad that you're here this morning, and I want to welcome our folks that are watching online as well. And say welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and uh, and and just want to say, as your pastor, how much uh, I feel appreciated. So thank you for um, the kind gift that you gave. Thank you for loving our family. Um, it uh, it's been like a crazy ride for the past nine months. I'm not gonna lie. Like we, uh, you told us when we moved here, it only snows like twice a year. It snowed every weekend we were here for the first two months, and uh, you, you know we experienced rock slides and and floods and all kinds of different things and and uh and just transitions and took like forever to get our cars it's just been a crazy ride but we love this place Uh, we love warehouse church we love uh, doing ministry here with you we love partnering with you and so just as um as your pastor and as your friend just thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart and uh and it's a joy Uh, it truly is a joy to be your pastor and so today we are um uh, aren't you glad I'm not? A, uh, um, I don't make cartoons for a living because I did that and that was horrible. Um, so, uh, but, uh, but you're going to watch it for the next three weeks. So just can't sit back and watch that little introduction and uh, just laugh with me. Um, but uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things that we value most here at uh, Warehouse Church is that we are one of the things that matters, I guess, most to us uh, as a church is this idea of leaving a legacy, Right. Like we, uh, one of our core values is to think legacy and we want to be a church, like our hope and our dream, and we're not there yet, but we want to be a church that lives our faith out loud so that we impact future generations, right? Right? Like we want to be a church that raises up generations to come alongside of us and, and generations that know what it means and have experienced this idea of loving the Lord and loving people. And, uh, and so I hope that you uh, are on board with that. I hope that you are excited about that, about thinking about leaving a legacy. And, and I would say that that's why we as a church, we are committed to, to our kids ministry and to our student ministry. We're committed to both of those ministries because we value legacy. And, uh, and so that's why we are also committed as kids ministry and as student ministries to partnering with parents. Like We want to partner with our families. We want to help equip and empower our families to live their best lives as families. And uh, and so did you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you know on average on a year, uh, we uh, in kids ministry and we in student ministry, we get to spend about 40 hours a year with your kids. That's not very many hours. Forty hours over a year is what we typically or on average get to spend with your kids. But you as parents or grandparents or however you're raising uh, your family, that you get to spend on average about 3,000 hours with your kids. And so that's why we as a church think it's really important that we partner with parents or we partner with families to help empower and equip you to love your kids in such a way that they grow up knowing and loving Jesus. And, uh, and so, um, so we are with you. I, I just wanna say that from the very beginning. We are with you and we are for you. And, uh, and we wanna be, uh, uh, be alongside of you. We wanna be partners with you and, and raising your kids. And, and we have some amazing volunteers like we really have some amazing door holders that are building relationships with our kids and their families and i just want let's just give our our volunteers that work in kids ministry just a huge hand like like they do so much and they serve week in and week out so that they can be a constant person and a constant influencing person in the life of a child and so they serve in loving uh, our kids and loving our families. And, uh, and so, uh, so I'm super excited about our kids' ministry and our student ministry. And I hope that you get excited about it and you find ways that you can support and, and be a part of that as well. And so today, uh, we're starting this series about the family. And, uh, and we're starting this series about raising up the next generation. And, uh, and I'm going to be real and honest with you. In this series, we're going to talk a lot about parenting. But I want you to know that this conversation is not just for parents. Like, if you're not a parent, don't just say, well, I'm checking out for the next three weeks. I'll see you in three weeks. Don't do that. Like, because this isn't just about parenting. It's about how we as a church pour into the next generation. And that's so important. Like if you're thinking, well, I don't have kids. I'm not going to have kids. My kids have left the building. I don't have to worry about this. Let me just tell you that all of us have a role to play in raising up the next generation. And you need to know that. And you need to embrace that, that it doesn't matter if you're, uh, if you're a teenager in here and you're like, well, I'm not a parent, so I'm out. It doesn't matter if you're, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, you're, you're young, but you're not going to have kids and you're not married and you're like, I don't, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Yes, it does. It doesn't matter if you're 70 or 80 and you're like, I've had my kids, I've done that. All of us have a role to play in raising up a generation and leaving a legacy. And so, yes, we're going to talk about parenting But so much more than that, we're going to talk about how we as a church can continue and begin to think about what does it mean to leave a legacy. And let me just tell you this, that very little matters more, very little matters more than what we tell kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews and neighborhood kids about the world and about God and about truth and about themselves. And about the church like there is no greater message that we can share with any kid than the truth that god loves them and is for them and not against them and so we need to think legacy so over the next three weeks we're going to talk about family values that's what we're going to talk about family values uh, of the modern family but, and and me and, and Sharon we were talking outside before I came in we were talking about man the the family has like changed and transformed it's not what it used to be like uh, like families look different some families are grandparents raising their kids their grandkids. Some families are step-parents raising their kids. Some families are, I call them step-up. I don't like step-parents. I like step-up parents. Uh, we, we, we talk about, um, uh, about like, like aunts and uncles raising their kids. We talk about fostering kids. There's so many different looks when we look at the family, but family values matter no matter what your family looks like. And so here's what I want you to know is that uh, the family values of, uh, we're going to talk about family values in the modern family, but I want to change some of the ways that you think about the phrase family values. And so let's start by defining what family values are according to the Scripture. Because here's the deal, we can, we can look at all other kinds of sources, but what really matters is what does the Bible say about family values and, and, and what I believe to be one of the most essential truths that you need to know for your family. Like I wanted to help you to understand the, some of the most essential truths for your family, maybe even for your potential family or your future family, maybe for your grandkids or your great-grandkids or whoever it is that you may have an influence that is a generation two or three behind you and this it is this idea of human connection this idea of human connection and i think we can all agree that this is important like and this is timely right now as we uh, look at the landscape of our country right like as we look at the landscape not just of our country and not just our nation but the world and violence think about violence violence is out of control and it is rooted in the ideologies of hate and anger and fear and that's where we get the violence just stems out of this bad ideologies that have rooted themselves in anger and fear and hate And so what we're talking about over the next three weeks is something that our nation and the world is facing. It's something that your families and my families are dealing with right this minute. And here's what I I know, is that I'm crazy enough to believe that there's a direct connection. There is a direct connection between the idea of human connection and how we overcome the evil that is in our midst. And so, so, but before we dive in, I, I got to give you some disclaimers. Like there's got to be some things that we, I just got to let you know about. And, uh, and, and this is not, here's what the first disclaimer, this is not a series uh, about family values from a political perspective. Like this is not a series on family values based on whether I'm a Democrat or a Republican or an independent, it has nothing to do with that. This is not a series about family values based upon what grandma said right? It's not about that. Uh, This is not a series about family values of us as as followers of Jesus versus them, and that somehow uh, we have family values and others don't. It's not about that. Uh, This is a series about something way more important. Uh, This is a series about connection, because here's the reality, is that we are a disconnected society, that, that we isolate ourselves, that we are living in isolation. And every time another news story hits the, the news uh, about an isolated person who adopted uh, uh, these ideologies that are contrary to what most of us think and believe, we see evidence of a disconnected society. When you read in the news about another shooting, when you read in the news about another beating, when you read in the news about another uh, person uh, of opposite color getting beaten or, or abused, when you read that, it's because of this idea that there's this human connection that has broken down in our society and we're living these isolated worlds with these bad ideologies that are rooted in hate and anger and fear. And when I look back in the scripture, I see that God created this thing called the family. Like when I read the scriptures, God's idea for family, it was all his idea. And he created it first. Like he created this idea of human connection long before he created government, long before he created the church, long before he created schools. There was this idea of family. You see, before he made anything else, God made families. And he said this, he said, I want this, the family. I want this to be a place where love and connection gets cultivated. God's like, I want this, the family, whatever it looks like, to be a place that is rooted, not in the ideologies of hate and anger and fear, but is rooted in the ideologies of love love and community and togetherness and there's a purpose for that there's a reason why god created that way when you look in the new testament you look in books like galatians and ephesians and romans and first corinthians and many others and you see over and over and over throughout the new testament phrases repeated like this there's no division between people anymore. You see phrases like there's no division over ethnicity, there's no division over gender or race, it's all about this idea of human connection. And and that Jesus' work, Jesus' work on the cross purchased something better than what we're living. That Jesus' work on the cross purchased something far more precious than what we're experiencing and it is the oneness and it is the unity of God's family and it's the ability for you and for me to embrace all kinds of people and not be isolated but to thrive and yearn and want connection you see here's the bottom line the bottom line is God is uh, himself is building a family And he wants you in it. Like God is building a family and he wants you in it. But check it out. Not only does he want you in it, but he wants every other man and every other woman and every other child in his family as well. Like it's a beautiful family. It's a mosaic family that looks, everyone looks different. But we celebrate the diversity. We don't bucket or we don't uh, don't say, I want everyone to look just like me. And so God is gathering a family to himself, and he wants you, he wants you so bad to connect with him, right? Like God wants you to connect with him and to know him, and he wants you to be a part of his family. So here's my hope for this series as we get moving through it, is that you would get a hunger in your belly, that you would get a hunger in your soul for the connection that we're about to talk about that you would have a desire to connect with your family on levels that you've never connected with, to connect with your neighbors on levels that you've never connected with, to connect with strangers on levels, to connect with your church in ways that you've never even thought about. And here's the deal. In the next few weeks, we're gonna get real specific about it. Like it's only three weeks. And so we're gonna jump into it and we're gonna dive in and we're gonna get real specific on how you do that. And so next week, we're going to talk about communication because I think one of the biggest uh, reasons that we are disconnected is because of our lack of communication. So we're going to talk about how do we share and how do we listen. We're going to talk about uh, how do we talk to each other and how do we actually connect with one another through communication. We're going to say, how do I get out of my heart what's in my heart and how do I actually receive the hearts of others? Like, how do we do this in a way that builds us up in a way that grows us and makes us healthier people, and and then and, and the following week we're going to talk about discipline, and and I know I know that that's the word discipline. I said it, and I know that some of you are thinking, yes, pastor's finally going to talk about spanking versus non spanking, right? Like I know some of you are excited about that, and if that's why you, if that's why if that's what you're thinking, you really need to be here on week three, okay? Because we're going to redefine what discipline is all about. And, and that discipline ought to be about shaping the future, not just correcting the past. Like that's what discipline should be. Not just about, uh, not just about correcting the past, but shaping the future. And, and some of us hear family values and, and we think this, we think, yeah, so-and-so ought to really be here because their kids are out of control. Like, I know some of you are thinking that. You think about modern family. You think about family values. think about discipline, and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, so-and-so, they need to be here. Like, I'm, call, I'm texting them right now and say, you need to be here next week because your kids are out of control. And, and, and if you're thinking that, too, uh, I, and, and I've done that. Like, there's been moments where I've been a part of, uh, of, uh, of conversations about family, and I'm like, oh, man. Like, like my sister needs to be here for that. Not really. My sister doesn't need to be here. But, but like, like, so-and-so needs to be here. And they need to hear that because, man, their family is just like falling apart. But when I do that, I also come to moments in my life, like if I'm really honest, I come to moments in my life when I realize that I desperately, desperately need a deeper connection with my family. Like, there are moments in my life where I realize that, 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 that I am disconnected, that I need to re-engage In my family life, I need to re-engage with my friends and I need to re-engage with my kids. And I bet you have moments like that too. So I don't want you to come in here thinking so-and-so needs to hear this. I want you to come in here thinking, man, I want to hear what God has to say to me about family values. Like I know and I realize that there are moments in my life with my family that I'm disconnected. And maybe I need to reconnect or re-engage. So family values... They have to do with what families value. And, and and I want your family to value more than anything else the human connection that is possible. The human connection that's possible between moms and dads. The human connection that, are, that, is, that is possible between kids and their grandparents uh, and, and between parents and, 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 and their children and between neighbors and neighbors and communities and extended family that, that I want to, for you to know that your family, the most important thing in your family is this human connection, connecting with the people that you live with. And human connection is more important so much more important than political issues that we often will stand for. And listen, we're coming into a political season and, and you're gonna hear a lot of stuff. But let me just tell you, your family values, connection, human connection is way more important than that uh, and, and what we stand for. And, and the church has this amazing opportunity. I think about this. It has this amazing opportunity to lay a foundation right now. Like Warehouse Church, you have this amazing opportunity in front of you to lay down a foundation that will affect not just the next generation, but the generation after that and the generation after that and the generation after that. And so finally, one last disclaimer is this. We're not having a series on family rules, family roles, and family responsibilities. Like, that's not what these next few weeks are about. And you might be thinking, you, you, when you came in, you might be thinking, man, finally a series about family rules. Or maybe finally a pastor's going to tell us about roles, like what am I supposed to do, what, what is my spouse supposed to do, or what our responsibilities are. And, and I would just say that's really not the heartbeat of this series like, not that the Bible doesn't have rules, right? Because we know that. We know that the Bible has rules. I mean, the Old Testament is all about rules. Like, we start reading in the Old Testament. Like, when you all say, I'm going to read the Bible. And you start in Genesis. You fly through Genesis. You're like, I'm good. You get to Exodus. It gets a little rocky. And then after that, it's like you get into the rules. And you get into the, the you get stuck in all the different rules. Like, you can't cut your hair. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. And and and, and so, So yes, the Old Testament have rules, and and even Adam and Eve at the very beginning, what? God gives them like one rule, right? There's one rule. Don't eat from that tree, and they even break that rule. And and, and out of their shame, what do they do? They hide from God, but guess what God does? They lose their intimate connection with God, but what does God do? He chases them down, doesn't he? He like goes through the garden looking for them, and, and hey, where are you guys at? Because what is most valuable to God? Connection relationship he knew they screwed up he knew they broke the rule but for him the most valuable thing from the very beginning was that connection and so there's there's even as you read on there's as as God is building the nation of Israel right And, and he's solidifying it and what does he do he gives them 10 rules to live by I call them the 10 Superfly rules to live by. They're the 10 commandments. And he gives them these 10 commandments and then and, and it blossoms into 640 other commandments uh, and ceremonial laws and moral laws and ritual laws. And and that's where we like stop reading the Old Testament. We're like, I'm just gonna stick to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because that's just too crazy. And, uh, and so you find all those in there. And the idea is that if we get enough rules, that if we get enough rules in us that we'll be healthy and we'll have a healthy situation, but... If you look at Jesus and you look in the New Testament and when he shows up, we see that he comes into an extremely unhealthy situation, doesn't he? And, and, and where there was a strong sense of religion, like everybody knew the rules. There was a strong sense of religion going on when Jesus showed up. There were plenty of rules and there were plenty of discussions going on about roles and responsibilities. And yet there was this sig- something significant missing from the heart of Israel. And you know what it was? It was simply this, that there was no human connection, that everything was based on rules and roles and responsibilities, and they were lacking the one thing that God valued the most, relationships. And so they were divided, and they were using their religion even, the they were using the rules to lord themselves over other people. Um, They had rules and responsibilities and roles for everyone, and yet they were missing that connection with one another. And so we're not going to talk about rules. And we're not going to talk about roles. We're not, going to, we're not going to learn who should bring home the bacon, right? And we're not going to talk about who should wash the dishes and who should do the laundry and who should take out the trash, Uh, And some of you were hoping, man, some of you were like, man, we're going to talk about this stuff. And you were thinking that I was going to set your spouse straight, like on who took the trash out. And you were really hoping that was going to happen. And I I just hate to break your heart, but I'm not. Like as I read the Bible, I don't think it gets into specifics about who should be washing the dishes and who should be taking out the trash and who should be cleaning out the car. Uh, It doesn't talk about that. In fact, I've heard men say things like this. Uh, that's a woman's work. And man, every time I hear a guy say, that's a woman's work, I want to puke, number one. But secondly, I want to I go up to him and I want to say, you have completely missed the truth of the Bible. Like I do. I don't have the courage to do it to a lot of guys because they're bigger than me. But, but, uh, but some guys, I really want to walk up to him and say, man, you have missed, completely missed the truth of the Bible in which it's all about connection. It's all about loving people and serving one another. It's not about who does what. And so in my house, well, we all wash the dishes. You ask Jackson, we all do it. Sometimes he does it, sometimes I do it, sometimes Jen does it. Well, we all wash the dishes and we operate out of this idea that we're called to serve, that God called us to serve. So if you came for a message on rolls, uh, I would just say this, keep coming. Like, keep coming, and we'll correct that way of thinking, too. Like, we'll adjust that, too, for you. And, uh, and so we're not going to focus on a bunch of rules or a bunch of roles or responsibilities. We're not going to focus on a bunch of political stands or issues. Uh, and if that's what you want from a family series, uh, I can almost guarantee you that what you really, really, really need is a better understanding of human connection. Can we just say that together? Human connection. Or relationships and when jesus showed up when he showed up and here's where we get to the bible so you're like are we ever going to talk about the bible here's where we get to it uh, when jesus showed up he came into an error. He came into an era in a culture where there was a strong presence of religion. There was a strong presence of ritual. There was a strong presence of rules among the Jewish people. And he got into a lot of arguments over those things with the Jewish leaders. Time and time again, basically what Jesus was arguing with the religious leaders about was rules and responsibilities and, 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 uh, and rituals and, and doing religion versus having a relationship. And so today, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Mark chapter 12, and we're going to see kind of one of those arguments uh, taking place and unfolding uh, as Jesus has a conversation with one of the religious leaders. And, uh, and so I want you to see what he said uh, in Mark chapter 12, because I think it's really important Like, we can't talk about other stuff until we get this down. It's really important for us to understand uh, as we talk about family values, as we talk about what we value most in our families, what Jesus said here. And so, Mark chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 28. And here's uh, where it's setting it up. And and so one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So Jesus is having a conversation, and he's having a conversation with uh, some other religious leaders. They're talking about a variety of things. And, and one of these religious elites, if you will, one of these uh, guys that knew all the rules and knew exactly what number rule you were breaking, one of these elites uh, of the of the law came and heard them debating, and he says, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer he asked him he said of all the commandments which is the most important so here's this guy and and he's listening to jesus and he's listening to jesus uh tell them uh, about uh you know rules and regulations and about all this stuff and 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 he and he and he kind of like it intrigues him and uh, as, he, as he's in this conversation, and, 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 and we're kind of like this because we have this kind of discussion a lot too. Like, we want to know which rules are the most important for God. Like, sometimes you come here on Sunday morning, you're like, I just need to know what rules I need to follow. You just tell me, tell me, preacher, what I need to do to get the favor of God. Like, what, what, is, what are the things I need to do? And that's exactly what's going on and what's most important to God. Which rules do we value the most so that we can lay down the law in our families? And you know, sadly enough, guys, us guys, dads, we're particularly susceptible to this. Like we feel like we've done our job if we've laid down the law in our house, right? Like we feel like, man, if I've laid down the law in my house, like I am a dad and I have fulfilled my role as a dad. If we've communicated what's right and what's wrong in this house, what's acceptable and what's not allowed, as long as you're going to live in my house, this is going to happen. Like we feel like we've done our job. And we've laid down the law and a lot of times here's what's happening is all we're doing is raising kids that know the rules of the house. They don't know that they're loved. They have no connection. And we miss the very same thing that the religious leaders in Jesus' day missed. Because all they wanted Jesus to tell them is what's the greatest commandment that we must follow. And so this religious, this religious leader, he asked Jesus the same thing. He says, hey, what is the most important? And here's how Jesus responds in verse 29. He says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, check it out because Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy. So Jesus has memorized Scripture So like when y'all were in small group and you were like bucking me and and bucking your your small group leader and saying, I don't want to memorize scripture, Jesus memorized scripture, all right? Let me just tell you this, religious leaders of the time, they had memorized the first five books of the Bible. So when I'm saying maybe you should memorize like, I don't know, 10 verses, they memorized like five books of the Bible, y'all. And so don't like gum after me. Don't look at me sideways when I say, hey, it's probably a good idea to memorize scripture because Jesus memorized scripture. He's quoting from Deuteronomy. He says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And then check out what the religious elite leader said. He said, well, teacher, well said. The man replied, you are right. <laughs> Can you imagine telling Jesus you're right? Like He's like telling Jesus, you're right. He says, Jesus, you're right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength and, with all, uh, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, and check out what Jesus said. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And then from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. From now on, no one dared to ask him anymore. I love that because I love that Jesus just shuts the crowd down right then. Jesus had a drop the mic moment and nobody asked him any more questions and the religious elite he sees he, he's listening and he sees that jesus uh who is not a religious elite according to their standards like he didn't go to the right seminary he didn't have the right pedigree he came from nazareth he someone even said what good comes from nazareth and so jesus was not from the the right uh part of the or right side of the railroad tracks And this guy's listening to Jesus, and he's like, man, this Jesus guy knows what he's talking about. And so he probes Jesus a little more. He's kind of like, hmm, I'm going to probe him a little more. And he asks Jesus, he says, listen, I need you to tell me what's the most important law. Like, tell us, Jesus, what's the most important law? And Jesus tells him. And he says, listen, the most important law, it's all about love. It's all about connection. It's all about relationship. It's all about your relationship with God and it's all about your relationship and love for your neighbor. And then when Jesus sees that this guy gets it and he's like, wow, this guy like understands what I'm saying. uh, He looks to the guy and he says uh, that, that he says to the guy, he says, listen, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Now that's a compliment. Like, that's a big deal when Jesus looks at this man and says, listen, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And you're like, well, what's the big deal? What does that mean? Well, I think what Jesus was getting across is that the kingdom of God has far more to do with love than it does with law. It has far more to do with love and relationship than it does with rules and roles and responsibilities. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't have rules. Like, don't go home and start telling people, a pastor said that God doesn't have rules. We can do whatever we want. As long as we do it in love, we can do whatever we want. That's not what I'm saying. Nothing changes that, but, but it does let us know that if you love, that if you are rooted in love, and if you cultivate love, and if you become love, and if you practice love, and if you go after love more than anything else, everything else is going to fall into place. That love first rules second. It's all about the connection. It's all about the relationship. It's all about human connection. And if you embody divine love, and if you seek that connection with God and that connection with your neighbor, the kind of, uh, kind of where you choose love over anger, right? You choose love over hate. You choose love over, over division. You choose love over judgment. You choose love over fear. You choose love over pride and division. Then the law is going to take care of itself, but it must be rooted in love. In other words, the love is wrapped up, all wrapped up in the command to love God and to love people. And so it's really that simple. But we really overcomplicate it, don't we? Like we say, if, I, if I'm gonna honor God, then I gotta do, do, do. Like you're like, if I'm gonna honor God, I gotta do this and I gotta do that and I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And, and we get exhausted and oftentimes we give up because we're like, I can't do all of this. And we give up because we think about all the things that we must do. And, and, and we, gotta, we gotta read our Bible, we gotta pray, we gotta do good things, we gotta serve, we gotta let people in front of us in line, we gotta, we gotta feed people behind us in the drive-through, we gotta do all this stuff. And then we get to that and we're like, if we're not exhausted by the end of that list, uh, there's things that we can't do, right? We got another list that's equally as long about things that we can't do. Uh, and our list of things that we can't do, well, they vary. They vary from person to person. They vary from generation to generation. Like there are things that I might think that you're not supposed to do. And, 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 and if you wanna be a good Christian, and they may not have made it on your list because our, our list of don'ts it's often long and it's often varies from person to person. And, and I remember, I remember growing up, as I was growing up, that, that, that there were people around that, that wouldn't play cards because playing cards automatically led to gambling. And so if you had even had playing cards in your house, you were a sinner. Like you were going to hell because you had playing cards in your house. And, and if you had playing cards in your house, there was a temptation that you were going to go to Vegas and you were going to bet it all and you were going to become addicted to gambling all because you had a deck of cards in your house. Like it was okay to have Rook or Old Maid or Uno, but how dare you have a deck of playing cards? And so that was bad back then or, or take dancing, right? Like, dancing, well, you know what dancing leads to, right? Like, that's what everybody said. And, like, you couldn't have dancing because dancing led to other things. And then we had Footloose, and Footloose said it's all straight because, you know, and, and so dancing, yeah, you're like that, right? Like, dancing, <laughs> dancing led to other things. And so it varies. Our list of don'ts varies from generation to generation. We've got all these do's and don'ts that we're going to start and do and not do. And, and, and we start thinking, ah, uh, then we get prideful. Because then we're checking off our do's and don'ts and we're comparing our list of do's and don'ts to their do's and don'ts. And we're like, I'm looking pretty good. Like my boxes of do's and don'ts, I got more check marks in my boxes than they do. I must be more spiritual than them. I must be more mature than them. And Jesus comes along and says, y'all, listen, the heart of the law and the heart of the rules and the heart of the roles is all about love. Remember the big truth from today. The single most important family value is the forming of deep relational connection with each other. And that doesn't mean it's the only family value. Like connecting with one another is not the only family value. It's just the most important family value. Like We can have all kinds of family values. We can, we can value excellence and compassion, being a good example. We can, we can value speaking uh, in a way that encourages others. We can, we can value not using profanity. We can value whatever. You come up with your list of family values. I'm sure you have some, and, and they're all good, and that's fine. But the most important family value should be that of connecting with one another in love in our relationships. You can have a long list, but the most important value is forming a deep relational connection with each other. You see, in our family, we got a couple things hanging on our wall. Um, A couple things that hang on our wall that remind us of our family values. And here's one of my favorites that is in our uh, family room. It says, in this house, we do second chances. It says, we do grace. We do real. We do mistakes. We do I'm sorrys. we do hugs, we do family. Uh, We do, but most importantly, love. And so it's okay to have family values. And this is really cool, right? To have those reminders in front of you. Uh, But nothing matters more than developing a deep connection with the people that you live with, rooted in love. And you can say all the right things. You can go to church every day of your life. You can drag your kids to and from church. You can give them all the right rules But here's the reality, without that deep rootedness and love, your kids may leave your house not knowing that they are loved. And there is no more tragedy than that. And so Jesus modeled this deep connection, rooted in love for us, and, and, and he did it throughout the Bible. Look at his relationship with the 12 disciples. What did he do with them? He invites them to do life with him. He develops this deep connection with them. He's doing life with them and loving them and, and building relationship with them. Uh, did he teach them some rules along the way? Absolutely. He's like, hey, Peter, we don't do that. Peter, we don't say that. I think Peter got a lot of airtime time uh, in his relationship, but it was all rooted in this idea of love. Peter knew that Jesus loved him, and that, that wide Jesus gave him rules was out of his love for them it was out of that connection rooted in love that the teaching uh, uh, came and the values were conveyed to them and so it all was rooted in love it was because of the relationship and being together like family that he was able to teach with authority to the 12 disciples everything they needed to know about being his people and being a church it was all rooted and this connection, this deep connection he had, nothing matters more. He even modeled it with the woman that was caught, caught in adultery, right? Like they drag her in, and he's caught in adultery. And first he loved her and had human connection with her before he told her the rules. Like first he loved her. They're all ready to throw rocks at her. And, and he's drawing and doodling in the sand. And why is he doing that? And it really didn't matter what he was drawing in the sand. What he was doing was drawing the attention off this woman that everybody's staring at onto him. Because he loved her, because he cared about her, and he's creating this relationship with her. And then when everybody drops their rocks and leaves, and he looks at her and he says, hey, where's all your accusers? And they're like, they've all gone. And here's when the the rules come in. After he developed a relationship with her, after he uh, had a deep connection with her, then he said, and only then, did he say, now go and sin no more. He didn't tell her the rules until she knew that he cared about her. There was this deep connection first, and then the rules came. And so let me just real quick, and I know we're running out of time, let me give you three big truths. Write them down uh, that I want you to walk away with this morning. The first one is this. Nothing matters more in the world than connecting with people. Nothing matters more in the world than connecting with people. Uh, in this present age, nothing matters more than us loving and connecting with people. And some say, well, what about evangelism, Pastor? What about sharing the gospel? Like, that should be the most important thing. And you're right, that happens. But it happens out of building relationships and connecting with people. Like, the best way to do evangelism is through relationships. And as we connect with people along the way, we share the gospel with them. It's just like what Jesus did with a woman caught in adultery. First, he loved her. First, he connected with her. First, he he, he opened his heart to her. And then he said, go and sin no more. And so it's for us, that's the same thing. That's how Jesus did it. You look at the early church, that's how the early church did it. First, they connected with people and then they invited them in. And that's how we're supposed to do it. Nothing matters more in this world than connecting with people. Uh, The second big truth that you need to know is this, that nothing powers connection better than love. Nothing Uh, powers connection better than love and and we live in a society where we wear all our t-shirts and we we hold these signs and we tweet stuff sharing uh, our strongest opinions about people that we don't even know and 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 so but sometimes you get the opportunity to see two people who have uh polar opposites in their opinions and polar opposites in their views who when they start to actually listen to one another and they start to build relationship with one another uh, and and share each other's stories that hate between each other begins to crumble and and because a human connection matters nothing powers that connection more than love because love is the root of building relationships And it doesn't matter what kind of relationship. Love is the root of building a relationship with your kids. Love is the root of building relationships with strangers. Love is the root of building a relationship with your friends. It's the root of the church and it's the root of God's family. And it's only when we love people that we connect with them. And so, so many people are like, well, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to do evangelism. I'm like, well, do you know how to, do you know how to, to talk to people? Do you know how to have conversations with people? Do you know how to get to know people? Because that's how you build relationships with them and share the gospel. When they know that you care about them, then they hear about what you have to say about God. And Paul talks about this often in 1 Corinthians 13, when he says, though I speak with tongues of men and angels, and although I know all the doctrines, I know all the rules, and though I'm able to speak eloquently, and though I have all the wisdom and all all the words of knowledge and I practice all the spiritual gifts he's like even though I'm a a religious elite he's like if I do all that and I don't have love it means absolutely nothing so it must begin with love it's got to be rooted in love and there's no greater example here's the last truth third big truth is there's no greater example of that than the example of the love that Jesus gave Nothing matters more than connecting with people, and nothing powers that connection greater than love, and there's no greater example of that love than of Jesus. Jesus modeled this for us. That's why we have the Gospels. That's why we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's why it's so important that you read the scriptures and you get to know that, because his life, his love, uh, he lived his, his life to prove and demonstrate for us what that love looks like. In Romans 5 8, it says this, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ did what? Died for us. The whole gospel message is about God showing up here on earth through Jesus and modeling for us what that love looks like. And that was the purpose of Jesus' life was to accomplish the redemptive work of God that we were lost and we were in sin and Jesus came to be the savior and, and offer the sacrifices that we needed jesus lived and went all the way to the cross and died to accomplish the purposes of god and what was the purpose of god to have a human connection with us to show that he loved us to have a relationship with us and in doing so god proved his love his perfect love and if we're honest and if you're honest if i'm honest we're not good We're not good at human connection. We struggle with relationships. You don't have to go far to figure that out. You can read some of our Facebook posts. We struggle with relationships. Many of us live with this attitude that we don't need any help. I don't need any help, and we're not gonna ask for help. And we do life alone. And we do life alone, and here's the thing. We do life alone, then we get mad at the church for not helping us, but we never ask for help because we wanna do life alone. We do life alone And we miss out on human connection. And I think one of the reasons that we don't always connect with others is because healthy relationships involve us being vulnerable. And we don't like to be vulnerable. Like relationships are messy, but if we're willing, if we're willing to get vulnerable with our kids, if we're willing to admit to our families, hey, I'm not perfect, I messed up, but I love you. If we're willing to do that, I think that we'll see that we get more connected. If we're more, the more vulnerable we are, the better connected we are. But here's what I want you to know. Even if you struggle with human connection, you need to know this, that the relationship that you can have with God is possible because God has already made the first move. Like God's always reaching out to you. He's seen you, he's loved you, he's known you, and he's desired from the very beginning for you to be a part of his family. And he has set his affection on you. You don't have to set your affection on him first. He already did. We love him, in fact, because he first loved us, is what the Bible says. You want to impact the next generation? If you really do, it all begins with creating deep connections with those who are coming up behind us. Is it messy? Absolutely. Is it hard? It is. Does it mean being vulnerable? Yes, it does. But if we're going to make think legacy, we've got to create deep connections with the people behind us, with the generation that's coming up. Did you know that more loving relationships in a kid's life, the more loving relationships a kid has in his life, the more um, chance he has or she has of growing up loving God and loving people. The more loving relationships that a kid has in his life, the better the chance of that kid growing up loving God and loving pit, loving people. Our kids' ministry needs more people. Now I'm going to be real with you. Our kids' ministry needs more people that think legacy, that are willing to invest their lives in the next generation. We need people who are willing to be one of those influencers in the life of a kid. Because remember, the more Influencers that a kid has in his life, the better the chance he has or she has of being a kid that grows up loving God and loving people. Listen, church, God made the first move. He made the first move, and now it's up to you. The most important family value that I can share with you is the value of connection. You can have all the rules. You can define all the roles and responsibilities, but if you don't have that human connection, you'll never, ever experience the family that God has always desired for you because everything is rooted in love and relationship and connection. And if you can't remember that, just remember the story of the adulterous woman that they dragged in Jesus loved her first, gave her the rules second. Loved her first, gave her the rules second. So you want to have a family, a great family? It begins with deep-rooted connections with the people that you live with. My family, we are committed to spending at least three, but more often four to five, times around the dinner table because we know that our family value, the most thing we value the most is connection and the only way we connect is if we're around each other and so we're, we're committed to that, we eat around the table and we talk sometimes there's a lot of chatter, sometimes there's not so much, sometimes there's crying, sometimes there's laughter, but it's that deep connection that is most important I don't have it all I don't have all the answers, but I know that, and we try and live that, and I hope you will too. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word, and God, I thank you that your word even helps us to discover how to have a family that uh, is thriving and not struggling, and Lord, uh, uh, we all have seasons in our lives where our families are, um, are maybe messed up a little bit or we get off track, but Father, my prayer for each of us is that the number one thing that we would value. The thing that we value the most are those deep connections, those deep connections with our spouses, those deep connections with our kids, those deep connections with our friends, those deep connections with whatever relationship. God, what I want my kids to know when they leave my house is that they saw a husband that loved his wife, that they saw a dad that modeled what it looks like to love, that they saw a reflection of Jesus in the way that I love my family. Father, forgive me for the times that I've failed to do that. God, because I know that there are times where I have not. And there are times where I've been the dad that was all about the rules or all about the roles or all about the responsibilities that I forgot. But the most important thing is the deep connection and the relationship. So God, I pray for our families, whatever they look like, I pray for them. God, I pray that they would be healthy. God, I pray that they would be rooted in your love. God, I pray that they would model for other families what it looks like to be a home that puts Jesus first. Lord, may we always put that value at the top of our list. Help us not to get caught up so much in the rules and regulations as we do in the love and caring for one another. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. as we close in our song uh, this area is open for you Uh, we would love for you to come and spend time in prayer our house is your house so you come and spend time in prayer if you want someone to pray with you um, I'm right here on the front row I'd be happy to pray with you uh, and and play with you too we'll play but pray And, and my wife's here and if you want someone to come and pray with you and you want her she'd be more than happy to pray with you as well so let's stand together and let's sing our closing song